Part 4, Promised Landing, Chapter 30, Therefore. In 2014, the Ponca City Senior High School Class of 1994 celebrated their 20th class reunion. That's my class, and man, I like them. I had a moment with a classmate and her son as we stood in line for Snyder's Fried Chicken at our Lake Ponca family picnic that stayed in my mind. She introduced me to her young son as a world traveler. He looked at me and his eyes kind of got wide and he said, cool. Flashbacks of how uncool I am flooded my mind. And I really wanted to sit down and explain to them the behind the scenes story and tell them about who the cool one really is. If people only see the surface, the blogs from Nepal or the Instagram pictures from Zambia, but never know the depths of what God has done to get me there, it can be easy to confuse who the story is about and from where the power comes from. I have been in many leadership roles, even since elementary school, and I have always enjoyed being a part of programs and solutions and scenes, but if only the highlight reel is visible, then I could be a distraction. It's the low lights that need to be told in order for the story to have full life and his glory to be revealed. I have to share my insecurities, fears, pride, and failures as gracefully frank as I can muster the courage to share them. If people see me, the quote-unquote world traveler, then I have failed to share the story well. If they see Jesus as someone they want to know better because of the salvation, healing, and the purpose he gives even to an angry chicken like me, then I've told the story more clearly. People may have seen me as a leader at times, but they possibly didn't see me when I've been broken and afraid because I certainly never wanted to share that side of who I was as readily as I wanted to share my successes. But God knew my broken pieces. We don't all have to get out and confess those, but this is something in particular he has asked me to do through this journey. I make them known to make him known. My story isn't one of past sexual or physical abuse or trauma that I've overcome. I do not have previous addictions to sex or drugs or alcohol, although there were certainly witnesses to my sins that saw weaknesses in all of these areas. Many powerful testimonies of the Lord come through terrible hurts and healings such as those. But by His grace, I cannot relate to the level of pain in those redemptions. I grew up in a safe home, although nowhere near perfect on a nice street in the best state of the United States of America. My great battle has not been a physical war. It has been a war whispered in my ear by a snake. Where is God? Where is your blessing? You are all alone. He isn't taking care of you. Is he even real? There have been broken and painful relationships, disappointments, betrayals, and rejections that set me on some of the courses I've chosen. God knows the path he has allowed in my life and all that he has protected me from and all that he brought me through to get me where he had planned for me. One day in Branson, when the flood broke loose and fear took hold of me deep down in that cave, okay, actually only down the first flight of stairs, but down in that cave, 
a new course of life began. I was given the choice to stay where I was, begging for land, or choose to rise and fly through the sky. Christ gave me the strength to rise. Just an ordinary person who said yes to our extraordinary Savior. Even with feet dragging, He has transformed me just as His Word promises. That is who He is, and that is what He will do. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then, first after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on that same day was the Sabbath. John 5, 1-9, King James Version. First of all, I had to add the words, saith and steppeth, into Microsoft Word's dictionary. Also note that the word impotent has more than one meaning. Next of all, many of us are lying poolside, struggling, trying, frustrated, waiting, blaming, broken. Sir, I have no man, or another steppeth down before me. We think like the lame man beside the pool. If only people were fair and honored the line instead of walking into the waters ahead of him. If only someone would lend him a hand. All of this man's if-onlys were dependent on the actions of others. He lay there, crippled, for thirty and eight years, waiting for fairness and a leg up. But fair didn't come. Rational, respectable help from his neighbors didn't come. But the Savior did. The man expected healing to come in the water, and he kept waiting for someone to help him into it. But healing came when he believed Jesus and then acted on his belief, otherwise known as faith. That's when my healing came too. Where are you expecting healing to come from? Many of us sit on the side of the pool waiting and complaining and annoyed or scared that things do not change. And yet we never see that it is us whose unwillingness to change keeps us laid out on our bed watching the land we desire and the healing we need stay beyond our reach. We sometimes act insulted to consider that we should have to change anything, but the Savior is walking by. Will you hold to excuses or rise and walk? Maybe even rise and fly. Jesus didn't get down and talk for hours with the twisted up man, coaxing him into healing. Basically, he said, do it or don't. It's right here for you. Wilt thou be made whole? Yes or no? 
stay there or rise. Take up your bed and walk. Lift. Let go of what is strangling you, depressing you, frustrating you, or distracting you, and rise. This man could have tried to demand that Jesus lower him into the water for the healing that he wanted so badly and had expected all along. I could continue to demand that Jesus heal me in all the ways I think healing should come. I could sit and demand land, or I could rise. Maybe you have your land and aren't even looking for a savior. Maybe you believe you have life all handled on your own and you don't see anyone ahead of you leading the way. If all conditions, health, wealth, and weather stay the same, then it may be difficult for you to see your need. Unfortunately, health, wealth, and weather very rarely all stay the same. Who you follow matters and who you are waiting on matters. What's your story? What is your testimony of redemption? Have you sought or accepted Christ as your Savior? Has Jesus been telling you to rise in one way, but you are still looking for healing to come in another?